This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bitheads. They are a staple in the tech community I come from and have done incredible work over the past 18 years with some of the largest brands in the world, including The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Box, Optimal Payments, The New York Times, among many, many, many others. All told, they've built over 500 solutions from enterprise to entertainment. I'm proud to have them as a part of Untether.tv. Please support us by supporting them. Go to bitheads.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. I don't even know if I have to say the name of this company because I think that you will guess who it is. Uh, this is the company that powers business communications. It enables phones, VoIP, and messaging to be embedded into the web, desktop, and, of course, mobile software. You know who I'm talking about. Do I have to say it? Twilio. It is an absolute honor to have Twilio on to Untether.tv. I love these guys. I know that many of you guys love them as well or use them in your applications. And for those of you who don't or don't know who I'm talking about, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. You will be blown away. So how do I think of Twilio? I think of them as the communications plumbing for the coming notification revolution. We're going to be talking a lot around the history of the company, but some great examples about how Twilio has been implemented in order to be able to save time. And really, what I think is the future of mobile is this notifications world. Here to talk about the company and everything else and beyond is Linda Smith, who is the Chief Marketing Officer. Linda, thank you so much for being on Untether.tv. Absolutely. Well, uh, so you are, uh, so Twilio is this kind of, uh, especially in the mobile space and uh, the communication space, this mythical company uh, that uh, I, I've loved since the first time I saw it. I love the business model, I love everything about it. But for those people who have not heard of Twilio, which is astounding if you haven't, it's okay. I don't mean to call you out. Uh, but who is Twilio? What is Twilio? Yeah, absolutely. Well, by the way, if they haven't heard about us, I still have a job because that means there's still more people to get out there and educate. So I'm actually okay with that because we've got some got some work to do. No, Twilio is, uh, I think, just an amazing company. It's the first company I've worked for where the founder actually built something and people came because he met this really unmet need. And so essentially what Twilio is, is it's a platform that enables developers, mobile or web, to be able to build true communication solutions. And so what's the problem we're solving? The reality is when you think about communications across the ages, you know, it's been very slow to innovate. This is one of those old school technologies that just kind of, you wanted to have voicemail, it took a decade. You wanted to have caller ID, it took a decade. You wanted to block caller ID, it took another decade. That's just been the pace of innovation when it comes to communications. And so this is where we decided to plug in. This is the problem that we wanted to solve. And, you know, the bigger problem we were seeing is that when people wanted to build a communication solution, they couldn't get the specific solution that they needed. They ended up with a lot of features and functionality that had nothing to do with what they were trying to get accomplished. And then when they wanted to change that solution, that was even a bigger problem because the rate of change, the pace of change has been so slow. And so what we did was we moved communications from this legacy world of hardware and fiber and copper up into the world of software. 
And what that means is you have the flexibility to essentially build any solution that you feel meets the needs of your business or personal lifestyle if you're a lifestyle uh, developer. It means you have that flexibility to get the features and the functionality you want without all the stuff you don't need. You also have the agility to be able to consistently change and shape and morph that communication, communication solution to keep up with your needs. And then what we also did was following the footsteps of others, we also moved this all to the cloud. So we are doing for communications what AWS did for compute power and storage, what Salesforce did for CRM, what NetSuite did for ERP, go down the list. And with that, people get all the massive benefits of the cloud, that ability to scale massively, scale up, scale down, go global in a very fast way, being able to shift from investing in boxes and hardware, being able to just turn it all into an operating expense. So by moving this into the realm of software, the realm of the cloud, now get a whole new playground to innovate in around communications. And we're seeing companies do amazing things. We're seeing people go from kind of the everyday, let's build out a complete call center, to building marketing solutions, to building security solutions, to building business process solutions. And you know, it's been very, very amazing to see what people build. And in fact, we have a little Easter egg in every press release, thanks to Jeff, um, our CEO, which says, I can't wait to see what they build. And that's really been the reality of things. Uh, by moving this all into a realm that's now accessible by developers, developers are developers and they build amazing things. Well, Twilio was one of the very first companies that I recall that started doing infrastructure as a service, right? So really, really um, condensing the time to market, as you said, for a lot of these services that would have, I mean, I'm a product of the startup era in the 90s, right? And it was, you would get hundreds of millions of dollars to build out something that now you could do for pennies uh, on, a, on a message. How, how do you think... Where does that idea come from? Where does the hubris come from? Where does the, where do the, I, I, I don't know, where, where, where's the confidence that they can take something that once would have cost tens of millions of dollars and now do it at pennies a, a message? Yeah, so first of all, let me give you a little bit of a, a background on how we got to be where we're at. Sure. That might explain that. Uh, and actually, there have been two disruptions that Twilio has created in this industry. The first one is how you do it. So it's moving it to software in the cloud. The second is the business model, but we'll get to that. But where this all really started is our founder, CEO, Jeff Lawson, uh, is a developer. Uh, this is a company that's been built for developers, like-minded people, uh, like Jeff and others of us in the company. And he had this very problem. He was one of the technical founders for eBay. And so he had a bunch of people with tickets, and he had a bunch of couriers in the middle, and he had a bunch of people who wanted the tickets, and he had to somehow get them all connected and communicating. And he tried, but he was a web developer. And all that arcane telephony language and hardware, it had nothing to do with the language that he was comfortable in. In the end, he couldn't figure it out. He ended up having to build a 45-seat call center. Um, so now he had to have humans involved into a developer that drove him nuts because you should be able. We have a saying here of, you know, we really believe in software people. And software people aren't just people who know how to code and build. 
They're people who understand that you can use software to solve everyday problems or major business problems. And for StubHub, this was a major business problem. Now they have a 45-seat call center instead of being able to do this all through software. So that was kind of, as you said, the hubris. That's how this all got started. And Jeff ran into that problem with his next startup. He then went to Amazon Web Services where he was a product manager, got to know the whole lay of the land of the cloud, and went, that's it. Let's move this whole thing. Then the next thing he did was, or the company did as a whole, was we believe we have nine values. By the way, it's the first company I've worked for where the values actually run through our business. Normally, values have been something someone will say, ah, so what are your core values? And it's like, dang, where's that card from HR? I know they're somewhere. We actually are, we live by our values. They run our business. And one of those values is no shenanigans. When you look at the way you've had to deal in the past around communications, you know, the having to figure out your monthly plan, how much are you going to spend, having to make commitments, all of that felt like shenanigans. So the other way we disrupted all of this was by putting a business model in place that would make sense. And that business model is pay as you go, use what you need, no upfront commitments, no contractual relationships. If you send a message, it's three quarters of a cent. If you place a phone call, it's a penny a minute, as straightforward as you can be. So how do you trust this? Well, first of all, it's the fact that this is a company that is very transparent. It's no shenanigans, but we've made it super easy by moving this into the realm of what a developer can understand and leverage. But also there's a whole business model behind it that, you know, and by the way, when you sign up, you pay us nothing. It's a premium model at the very beginning to get started. What is there not to trust? You just jump on, you build, and if it's something that works for you. And by the way, I have to say that is one of the philosophies of the company as well is we just want to get your hands on the platform, on that API. And our whole theory is we want to be the tool in your tool belt for communications. If you like us, if you need us, you're going to use us. If you don't need us or don't like us, you're not going to use it. So it's incumbent on us to make it the world you want. And, you know, but that's the philosophy that that uh, I think started to emerge as a result of Twilio. Uh, uh, you know, we, we see that everywhere now. And Twilio was, for me, one of the very first companies, as I said, that, that I, I watched this happen um, and really demonstrated to me the disruptive nature about what was going on, uh, you know, um, because, as I said, the, the costs were exorbitant to be able to do something like this on a per basis. But I just I wrote this down as you were talking about Jeff. Is it like Jeff hates people? That's the instigator here, right? Is that he hates people? No. Oh, no, no. He likes people. I know, I know. <laughs> She just want to have to make a phone call to a sales rep to get something. But that's it. And I think that, you know, it's fascinating because when I talk to business CEOs, like CEOs that emerged in B-School or came up the business side and looked for a technical co-founder in order to be able to build their business, uh, you know, the, the fundamentals were slightly different. And I mean that in a, in a, in a nice way. They were fundamentally different from, a, you know, a software or an engineer-led company, which you see something like uh, at Google with Sergey, right? And you see this with, at, uh, at Apple with Steve Jobs. And you see this with, at Microsoft with Bill Gates and the emergence of these companies uh, and Mark Andreessen at Netscape, right? So these guys, to me, were, uh, they, they ran their companies drastically different than like Steve Ballmer did, right? As, as he emerged as a, as a business guy, um, in the uh, in, in in Microsoft, but uh, I wanted to come back to the the core nine values, and I, I pulled them up here while you were talking, and um, I'm just going to read them up for whatever reason. I, I feel compelled to do this because uh, it, you brought it up, and you were very adamant the fact that you guys use this in, internally. So uh, I'm just going to list them off, all nine of them here. Uh, so uh, live the spirit of challenge, uh, empower others, start with why, create experiences, 
no shenanigans, which is awesome because my kids are full of shenanigans. That's all they do. Uh, be humble, think at scale, draw the owl, uh, and be frugal. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you can find those on the website. Th that is, that is great that you guys push those out. And, and that is your everyday life. You, you live by those at, uh, at Twilio. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always joke that the two that are hardest for someone in marketing are no shenanigans and be humble because that's <laughs> not necessarily the way that you were trained. Uh, but you definitely see them as a part of the business. Like Johnny Owl is a particular favorite. You know, there's no instruction book. Yeah. You just have to figure it out. And so we really enable our employees to think out of the box, to be doers. Um, another one that and you see this again throughout the way the company operates about celebrating the heroes, about really looking for the great things that are people doing. It's not about us. We're enabling it, but it's about what they're actually out there accomplishing. And by the way, the thing that's been amazing to me is it's all companies around the globe, all shapes and sizes, you know, entrepreneurial ventures that have just skyrocketed like the Ubers of the world to companies that are plowing forward in the internet of things like Smarter Key and Smart Things to traditional enterprises like Coca-Cola Enterprises and Home Depot. You're seeing doers and heroes across the spectrum and so we really work to celebrate those. Creating experiences uh, from the time you hit our website to the time you touch the API to the time you might show up at an event that we're at. It's all about making sure the experience that the doers out there are having around us is the right experience. So I can look at examples across the whole business every day that very, very much relate back to these core values. And as I said, it's the first company I've worked for where I really see them guiding the business. So I've got to ask you, how can you... How can you guys in marketing remain humble enough? Uh, because, like, you know, I read uh, Smart Things is a perfect example. Here's a company that was powered by Twilio uh, that you you helped, like, inadvertently, like your technology helped them uh, get bought or sell to Samsung for $200 million, right? So here's a perfect example of a company, you, that helped another company, Smart Things, make a lot of money because of this acquisition. Um, so in, in, in an instance like this, like, you, you know, uh, how, how do you market Twilio, but but keep, you know, keep attracting new users at the same time, remain humble and in the background so that smart things can go and be successful, something like that. That's got to be a, a challenge. It's, it's very interesting, again, because it's so ingrained in how we operate. You don't really think of it as a challenge. I joke about be humble just simply because it is kind of funny being in marketing and not using EST after everything. We're the best. We're the greatest. What we do is the most, uh, most awesome. But the thing that I think attracts people back to Twilio as a company is the fact that it isn't about us. It is totally about the users and the doers. And quite frankly, that is going to be what attracts people down the road. If they see a company like big Coca-Cola Enterprises using us to solve a field service issue, they're going to go, wow. You know, if Coca-Cola is using Twilio and they solve that problem, maybe I can do it as well. Or if Hulu built their call center on top of us. Well, if a cool brand like Hulu is using Twilio, maybe that's a brand that I should look at as well. So we really look at by celebrating those folks that are building great stuff. It's a way of creating or opening up the imagination for other people. And that's what we really look by is celebrating the heroes because they will inspire others to go build great stuff. And it is about builders. And it is about folks leveraging software to solve their everyday problems. You know, I think it, it, it's great. I think, but my audience is very clearly, they, they look at something like smart things and think, okay, how do I, how do I leverage Twilio to replicate that? Oh, it's good that Home Depot and Coke use that. 
But what I'm really interested in is this company from nothing to $200 million exit, right? That, that's, that's, you know, right. the, you know, you want to inspire and create imagination uh, or open up the imagination of developers. It's like, hey, he, here, this is the best case study you could ever have created. Well, and what's been fun is it is actually creating that inspiration because think about it. It is one of the business challenges uh, that Twilio has had through the periods of time is you know, no one had ever in the developer world made a phone ring right. or sent a text message. And you know, we talk about it, it's kind of like magic. The first time someone, and when you see our developer evangelists who are amazing uh, people out there demonstrating the technology, you still people go, oh my God, that worked. I mean, because this is, we've unlocked this world of telecom that hadn't been available. Well, one of the challenges was, wow, I can make a phone ring. What do you do with that? All right, <laughs> oh, I can send a text message. What are you going to do with that? Bing. So, you know, it's part of that inspiration is, all right, so Internet of Things is a great example. If you think about it, the Internet of Things becomes super useful when communications is part of it. You know, the fact that your thermostat is off and you need to warm up the house before you come home, if no one tells you that, hey, it's looking a little chilly inside, you want us to crank that up, it's just not as useful. And so, you know, it really is that idea of helping people see where communications is a natural part of what they do. Now, there's some things that are just naturally communications, like a call center. But then what you find is when you start integrating communications into business processes, in workflows, it just it becomes a totally different animal. And in fact, that's one of our big beliefs is that communications is fundamentally changing. When you think about communications, it had traditionally been a very siloed activity. If I wanted to talk to someone, I went over and I picked up a phone. If I wanted to send a text message, you know, I would message someone. But it was distinct. It was siloed. It wasn't a part of the experience. Where this all goes, because now you can bring communications into the things that's supporting, is it becomes a part of the total experience. So when you think, going back to our friends at Uber, uh, they have made communications a part of that experience. So for those who have not experienced Uber, as soon as you call through the application that you need a, a car and the car is about to arrive, it sends you a text message that says, hey, your driver's name is Fred. He got four stars the last time and he'll be there in five minutes. And then you get another text message that says, hey, Fred is arriving now. Or if you want to talk to Fred, you can dial directly from the app out to Fred. By the way, we do this thing called anonymous communications, which means Fred never sees your number, you never see Fred's number, so there's lots of security built in. But you don't think of it as communications. It's just part of this magical experience of getting a car when you need it. Um, same thing, another one of my favorites is we have a, a, a company that uh, works on Twilio called Pay by Phone. And they're a parking meter company. Right. I mean, I never thought about parking as a communications experience. But what they've done is about five minutes before the meter is going to expire, they actually send you a text message that says, uh, all right, got two choices here. You can either use the app to top up and be able to continue with your meeting or guess what? Great excuse to get out of the meeting. Run back now to your car because you're going to get a ticket if you don't get down here. That's all done by communications. They've made communications part of the parking experience. I mean, so it's just... To me, you know, watching communications become part of an integrated solution as opposed to being this separate, isolated thing, I think it's fantastic. I, and communications, let's face it, we all communicate every day. And it's changing so drastically. And I want to talk about a couple of things around that, which is like Internet of Things is very interesting because as we move into this, uh, into this world of notifications, which is clearly what IoT is, and also, uh, I want to talk about the future of mobile, which I believe really is this whole concept just of notifications, not of apps, 
Um, but I have a, I don't know, this pressing question that I keep going through my head, it rattles through my head. So I'm going to ask it, and it is this, do you find it frustrating or uh, exhilarating uh, or both when you see somebody like like Uber building their t entire communications uh, system on your platform? So the same thing with SmartThings and Hulu and Intuit and all these other companies that are building core competencies on your technology. Do you guys ever sit back and think like, why why don't we get into that business of building these layers of communications on like an Uber or uh, any of these other companies? Do you, do you find it frustrating? Because they're going to get the limelight. Uh, I mean, Uber's valuation is astronomical. And ultimately, the core piece of that technology is yours. Like, so uh, to talk about that. Is there a frustration? Is there a why didn't we think of that moment inside the company? Oh, it's funny you say that. First of all, the answer is very legitimately and honestly, no. Be humble. Uh, be humble. <laughs> okay. um, but there are two uh, two pieces of that. You know, the first piece of it is what well, we wake up every day and feel really proud of is the fact that you probably have experienced Twilio five or six times today and don't even know. Right. Uh, you know, and you know, and so when you kind of walk through the life, you know, a life pace of the day, maybe you did hire an Uber this morning. You experienced Twilio. Maybe you drove to work and parked your scooter. You experienced Twilio. Maybe you happen to get on eHarmony looking for that next person who's part of your life. Or FarmersOnly.com, which is one of my favorite dating services. Uh, you experienced Twilio. Maybe you went into a Home Depot and you were looking for someone who could build that new deck you've been looking for. And so you picked up the hot phone for Red Beacon. You experienced Twilio. So part of it comes from a pride of just understanding everything that's out there that people are touching that has a little bit of Twilio inside of it. But the other answer to this is, again, this is a company that was built by developers for developers. We've not wanted to move up into solutions. What we wanted to do is inspire people to build those solutions. And so part of where we get excited is every new thing that people come up with that has communications attached to it, we couldn't have done if we tried to do that on our own. If we tried to be a call center company and a security company and a car service and an internet of things a company, we could never have done all of that expertly because you'd have to have some level of focus. But we get to actually touch. You know, we're directly tied into the sharing economy. We're directly tied into the Internet of Things. We're directly tied into business communications. Oh, by the way, 40% of IT budgets are spent on business communications. Um, we're tied into things like alerts and notifications, Alaska Airlines. If your flight is delayed, we're the ones telling you that. And so we're tied into so much that we couldn't have done if we tried to do this on our own. Yeah, I, I see that. And I, I think it's 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 absolutely incredible uh, that, that, you know, the... The nature of what you guys touch and, and the companies that you touch and the, and the level of sophistication or simplicity of the applications that you touch uh, and the interactions with the customers that you touch is just it's just one of those observations is that I look at and think, my, my goodness, what you know, in order to be able to stay steadfast and true to the original mission, uh, you must you, you've got to be able to breathe this mantra in that this is the business that you're in. You're in this business for developers, you know, for developers, by developers, for the good of developers. And and uh, and uh, but I got do people leave uh, Twilio if there is a, like, a you know, employees leave? Do they go and start companies on Twilio? Have, has that ever happened? Because it would seem to me that it would. Yeah. It, it, they have. And it's actually, it's kind of a two-sided sword because there's this one side of you that goes, oh my gosh, we love this person. They've been a part of us. It's so hard to see them go. Yep. But on the flip side, 
because this has started with so much entrepreneurial spirit, it's very hard not to, you know, kind of give them all the support and help that they need to get their thing going. And so, yeah, we do see folks do that. That's a natural part of the evolution. But yes, they then do build on Twilio. So uh, there is a also a small to medium to large revenue stream that can be created by making people really understand the technology from the inside. Exactly. Like a little incubation of ideas inside of there. But uh I, you know, I, I think it helps to also make sure that the employees that are there are the real employees, the ones that have the same vision and the same mantra. Um, I, and I don't want to beleaguer this point. It's just I see this. I see you guys or don't see you guys everywhere, but you power everything. And, and you know, it's just it's one of those things. Because when Uber exits or IPOs or when any of these companies do that, um, like we're talking billions of dollars of value created based on the idea that was inspired by what Twilio offers. That's crazy. You know, so I'll go back to the go back to the humble comment. The reality is, all those people have fantastic ideas they've come up with to fit an unmet need. Pay by phone and parking meters. Twilio didn't think of that; they thought of it. But we could make it better. Mm -hmm. We could actually give it the utility that it needs. So credit still needs to go out to all those founders who came up with the car service idea, with the dating service idea, with the parking meter idea, with the, you know, putting, you know, giving you the ability to find contractors idea. But communications, and this is something that we really do try to get across to everyone, is communications really made those solutions differentiated. They gave them the experience that is so important. And when you think about it today, it is so competitive out there. There are so many different things that you can buy, use, services that you can get involved with. And how you differentiate in today's world is through the experience that you provide. We can provide quality experience from a communications perspective. So, um, yeah, it would be nice if we had a piece of all those companies, but that's that's not part of the deal. It's about the communications. That's the difference between an engineer-led company and a business guy-led company, right? Is is uh, and I like it much better on this side, which is uh, for the developers by the developers. Um, well, you know, th this whole this whole world of of notifications and communications, you know, mobile really over the last number of years, obviously, has has become the termination point for communication. So, you know, context-based communications. And then, you know, as we went through this um, app world overload, right, where we have too many apps on too many platforms, and I use an app once and then discard it, and it's very competitive. Um, we're going to start to see this roll out with iOS 8, with these uh, built-in notifications. And, and uh, we've been looking at beacons uh, with iBeacon and traditional beacons and low-energy Bluetooth and FC. And, and all of these things are creating this, uh, eventually, this, this you know, mesh of connected devices uh, on different networks around the world, you know, basically encompassing the world. Um, and we're moving into this world where notifications are going to be paramount, customized notifications based on location and history and context. Um, that's my view of, of kind of where, where we're going. And it's, I don't, I'm not alone here. I share it with a number of people. But uh, I mean, how do you guys look at this emerging? Because you went web, uh, you went desktop web, and then mobile, and now we're we're kind of, um, you know, mobile becomes ubiquitous and it becomes notifications. That's how I see it. Is that how you guys see it? I think there are a couple of angles there. Um, first of all, your comment about this like fully connected world. One of the things that Twilio has always had as part of its, I guess you would call charter or view to the world, is that it is one API with global reach. So when you think about developers, mobile web or otherwise, trying to attach to all those connected devices, 
without something like a platform, like a Twilio, that would be very, very hard to do because you'd be having to navigate all the different paradigms that are out there. So, you know, there's a piece of this that we look at and we go, this is awesome because our whole view to the world has been enable that connectivity anywhere in the world. We are actually orchestrating over 1,800 carriers on behalf of developers. So they literally are able to communicate in just about any country uh, in the world. And we always argue how many countries there are, because if you look at Wikipedia, it's a different number than recognized by the UN, so it gets very confusing. But there's that aspect of it. But the other aspect goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier also, is we don't think necessarily of alerts, notifications, messaging as a distinct thing. We think about it as, again, part of the experience that the developer is creating, that it is just an integrated component of an app that they're building or an experience that they're building, if it lives out discreetly as something separate, we don't believe it's going to be as accepted by the end user as it would be if it was actually well integrated into the thing that they're doing. So going back to the Internet of Things, sure, it's you get an alert when your thermostat's funky. That you don't think of as, oh my gosh, I've just gotten a text message from my thermostat. You think about, oh, you know, I better warm the house up. And so when we look at the world of alerts and notifications, we agree. It's, it's, the reality is text messaging is something that we're all very attracted to. We respond to it very quickly. But we don't think of it as a discrete thing. We think about it as something a developer is baking into something else that they're doing. Okay, so and it's part it's part of their system. It's part of their requirements, right? So, you know, I, I think about um, things like um, the connected car, the connected home. Um, but you're you're not looking at that as as silos. And this is just so that I understand. It. You're not looking at it as like, okay, this is what we do in the connected home. This is what we do in the connected car. But the the application developers, the software developers who are building the connected home operating system, that's who you're targeting, so that they you can they can bring you into the house that way, right? Right. So like connected cars, we have uh, what we have a couple of ideas there. We have one auto manufacturer, not able to mention their name, that will wake up the cars using text messages. We'll have another auto manufacturer that is uh, connecting us or using us to connect to their customers because there are service appointments uh, that are due and they need to. We don't think of those as alerts and notifications. We think about it as, hey, this is part of the product that that car dealer or that car builder or whatever you call it, manufacturer, uh, what they're doing for their customers. Yeah. So how, how influential are your customers in deciding new features and functions and pieces that go into this? I mean, so like, it's really a bigger question about how do you stay on top of what's going on out there or stay ahead of the curve so that you keep your customers? It's interesting. We were just talking about this this morning, in fact. So first of all, it is about always being present with the developer world out there because the developer at the end of the day is the person that's tasked with figuring out how to solve that problem. And if they know of Twilio and they like what they've seen with Twilio, they will naturally bring us in. So part of it is always staying connected to the developer community that is out there. But then you'll find in different geographies of the world, the way that companies and businesses solve problems are different. In Europe, we've seen the role of the agency, not just the Mad Men creative agency, but the IT agency bring us in and introduce us back into their customers. You'll see other parts, and by the way, we know that not everyone's a builder. We've been very lucky that we have over 200 ISVs that have built their solutions on us. The other way we find ourselves uh, going into companies is someone will 
want a full solution and they'll go to a partner that's using Twilio to bring that solution in. So number one, stay connected with the developer world because these are the software people that are solving problems. But then it's also understanding there are other access points to get to customers or to have customers find us, I should say. The agency environment is one. ISVs building solutions is another one. And by the way, the thing has been fascinating to watch in the enterprise market because our market started obviously with more of the enterprise or the uh, entrepreneurial startup group of people because they got what an, I an API was, they got what a platform was. But now watching enterprises and dealing with IT development groups and solution architects and uh, innovation labs uh, that have been given a problem to solve for the business, you're seeing all sorts of creativity there uh, as well. But it's staying largely connected to developers and people that think about software as a way to solve problems. Is there is there a challenge for you guys to be able to balance that? Because you know, as as small company, as a very small company with a small footprint, say, you know, when when Jeff started doing this, um, uh, he he was probably much more hands on than he is now, and he was much more in the trenches with everybody. And then uh, you know, this entrepreneurial community came out and started adopting what you guys were doing, and then they started using it, and then you guys went upstream and still had the entrepreneurs, and then. You, you reach out to now into enterprise, which is a completely different cell and a different value proposition and different revenue. And your company, as you said, even the two and a half years that you've been with a company, it's gone from 80 people to over 300 people. Um, what, what does that do? Is it, has it been difficult to, to remain at the ground level uh, when it comes to the developer community? think so. And I, I think that it's, I'm going to answer that one a couple of ways as well. You know, first of all, Jeff is still very hands-on in the business. He's passionate about understanding customers. He thinks very outside in. He's expanded that view to the customer as we have expanded to some of these other audiences, but he's still very plugged in. You know, great example is uh, every Monday, we still do it all hands, bring all the employees together. Now that we have global employees, we you know, use video products to enable us to reach them, but brings everyone together. First thing we do is we read the tweets from the community. And what are some of the great tweets that have been out there really keeping us connected to the people that we're serving? So Jeff is still very, very involved with you know, how the, the business operates. But you know, another thing was you mentioned the value proposition. Yes, there's some difference in working within an enterprise. They have different requirements. There's certain security needs. They um, have longer purchasing cycles oftentimes. There are other gates you have to get through, whereas you know, in, a, in a startup, it's just like, ah, you know, go use that API. But the value proposition remains the same. We are providing access to communications to the web and mobile app developer that otherwise wouldn't have that access. That's the core value proposition, and that's the same. If you have a problem that can be solved with communications, you're going to use Twilio because Twilio has figured that all out for you. How do we keep it all stabilized and balanced? It really does come back to being really rooted in the customers. So whether that's you know, getting out through our developer evangelism effort and understanding what the community is saying, or it's writing into uh, customers at trade shows and events. By the way, this has been a unique We all have red track jackets after we build our app. Part of our company culture is everyone in the company builds an app. Uh, everyone does customer support tickets so that we understand what's going on with the customer, which again helps keep us kind of grounded. But we'll be at an event and someone will run up and go, oh my God, we love Twilio. <laughs> kind of say, ah. Great. Who are you? And they'll tell you their story and how they yeah, how they use the product. You know, we all bring that back in to have people be able to understand what's going on out there. So that's kind of a, a long answer to your question. But the company has found ways again through the culture to stay very grounded 
But it is important to understand who your customer is, and developers still are very, very, very important as a part of that. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think that that's the right answer. And, and uh, you know, that must be a great experience to be able to be told that, that they love the service, like I did in the introduction here, is that, you know, it, it's such a unique service, and it heralded such a change in all industry, right? And it, I think it sparked a, a thousand ideas, a million ideas of imagination as, as a result of you guys alleviating this cognitive overload of communications from the developer. It's like, oh, I can just do this and I don't even have to think about it. And I can actually go on to the, the real true innovation inside of my organization or inside of my idea. So, you know, I, I get the same idea. That's why it's such a great thing to have you guys on on Tether.tv because, you know, bringing this to the audience is so very important is that, you know, people do this for you. They think about this. You guys think about this. You have 300 people to think about communications all the time. That's what you do. So this one guy in his basement or this 100-person team in, uh, you know, in uh, enterprise uh, company, a large company, don't have to. And, you know, that's what I think is the, the most important thing that comes out of this, uh, out of what you guys are doing. Removing cognitive overload. Making, yeah, well, me, making me not think. <laughs> well, I want you to think. I just don't want you to have to stay up at night worrying about it. It's, but no, that really is. It is part of the secret sauce is really making this so you can use communications to solve your problems without having to figure out all the hard bits. The, and that's, you know, actually, quite frankly, one of the challenges sometimes is we have made this so easy that people don't necessarily recognize how hard it is. Uh, and it does take people figuring out all the carrier relationships, you know, figuring out all the challenges of telephony hardware, telephony protocols. So that sometimes is a challenge into itself is that we have made it so simple. You don't necessarily know all the secret sauce and technology that's going in underneath. That, that's a really interesting point because if you make it too easy, people don't really see the value in paying, right? Like that, that's the, like a, it affects the conversion rate. All your marketing effort can bring it down to a simple thing where it's so easy that the guys are like, well, that's not worth anything. It's too easy, right? Does that ever happen? Uh, so, so far not. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, the thing that we try to really work for, towards now is there are some things that we've done to really make it a better capability. A good example is we have a patented capability called GLL, uh, Global Low Latency. And what it does is make sure that we have the ultimate experience in terms of that phone experience by routing in specific ways. And you know, those type of things we want people to know uh, because they can have more confidence that, hey, if they're setting up an application that's going to call from Singapore to Sydney, uh, to Australia that they're not routing back through Virginia. And so, you know, we try to, you know, start elevating those just so they have more confidence in what they can what they can do. But, you know, I think people see the the value and they understand that it's something they don't want to do and that is usually you'll get head nods when you say do you want to have to go negotiate carrier uh, agreements and you're like, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, 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 you don't. And uh, I mean, with a company like Uber, who, who relies on this, the messaging part is one of the biggest components of its application relying on you guys. I think that it's a key killer feature that that you just you don't have an argument against. Right. It's like, yeah, OK, got it. Got it. That's well, and a big part of it, and we do see this across a lot of our customers. And it's interesting, a trend that we've started to see in maybe the last, especially the last 18 months 
is uh, coming back to the startup world, people are going global faster. Yes. It used to be you would try to get to know your own country. Boy, especially if you, you have the luck of being in North America, there are so many people that you can reach within the continent. Uh, but now you're seeing people actually, whether it's from North America overseas or overseas back into North America and other regions of the world, you're seeing people move much more quickly. So the fact that it is a global platform, the fact that if you need to deliver your service in another country, notifications or voice, you don't even have to think about it. It's great. You know, here's you know Twilio. We're going to move the company to London. Oh, great! Twilio is there as well. We're going to move to uh, Poland. Oh, great! Twilio there as well. Oh, we're going to move to Brazil. Oh, great! Twilio is there to support us. Whether it's a call center you built and need to spin up, whether it's a service that you're offering, and so it's been very interesting to watch that as being a very important part of the value proposition is the ability to go global quickly. So my my last question has to do with uh, with the craziest or the best or the most insane or the the biggest idea that you've ever seen that has come through Twilio that you either thought like there's no way this could succeed and it does or the the, the idea that it, it kind of exceeded expectations as a result of uh, of you know a company that came in that has blown you away is there one that that just stands out over the last two and a half years. You know, there have been, you know, very honestly, there's just been so many um, amazing ideas that we've seen and run into. But let me take a step back and say that probably the one that's touched me the most is what we've seen through our .org capabilities. So we launched Twilio.org about a year ago. And what we realized, because we were already seeing it happen without our contributing to it, is that communications has a huge role to play in delivering good out in the world. And the two that probably stick out in my mind the most are Doctors Without Borders. And what they do is they have medical clinics that are roving. So they take the docs and the nurses and the treatments and the medications from one place in Africa to the next place. And they don't know when they're going to leave and when they're going to arrive because it depends on the patient size uh, volume that they have to take care of. And so the way that they can actually alert and let people know that they're coming and when their appointments are in that next village is through texting. And if you think about it, going back to alerts and notifications, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. People have phones. They have feature phones. They may have to go through uh, high and low to be able to get time um, on that phone or power them by solar. I mean, it's amazing what people are doing to keep their phones alive. But that text message can mean the difference between life and death, getting the treatments that people need. And so for me, seeing communications used in a way that provides so much good. And another one is the work that we're doing with the Polaris Project. So what they had seen was human trafficking is, has unfortunately become a very large problem all over the world, uh, but especially you know, we're seeing outbreaks of it here in the United States. They're based out of the East Coast. And what they found is in human trafficking, people have that phone again, but if they make a call for help, it's traceable. And the penalty that they might get from the uh, person who unfortunately has them under their control is just too great to be able to risk that. But a text message can be erased. And so we worked with them to create a short code, so that little five-digit doohickey, and it's be free. And they use that short code now so that when someone is in trouble and they've decided they're going to take that step to get help, 
they can text the Be Free, which, by the way, is up on posters and given out in pamphlets, and they've done a great job of spreading the word. And they'll get connected with a person that maybe first it's just coaching them on what to do, but what we've seen is people actually be rescued from their situations through that. So, you know, those are two examples of the power of communication. We've talked about big fancy brands like Uber and Coca-Cola Enterprises and what they're doing, but for me, I think the most amazing thing is seeing what people are doing to leverage communications for good. And that's so Toyo.org was born. Uh, we're seeing a lot of folks leverage that as a way to be able to help people, knowing that communications, again, is fundamentally the thing that ties us all together. Ladies and gentlemen, the world-changing, mind-bending Twilio. Oh, yeah. man. I love you guys even more now, Linda. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on and spending so much time with Untether.tv. I'm sure the folks listening, tuned in right now, will say the same thing. Unbelievable, like 400 examples. If you are not thinking of something to do or a way to leverage Twilio's infrastructure, I don't know what else I can do. You might as well just go and work for the government. That's what I say. If you are not inspired by this, go work for the government, wherever that might be. Linda, where should we send people to find more information about you guys? Ah, send them to the website, www.twilio.com. Twilio. Or if they are someone who wants uh, to take the .org path, .org is there as well, twilio.org. Twilio.com or Twilio.org. Linda, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this. We really appreciate your time. We've been speaking with Linda. We've been speaking with Linda Smith, who is the chief marketing officer for, as I said, the earth-bending, mind-shattering, world-changing company known as Twilio. Go to Twilio.com for more information. If you have never heard of them, I am so happy to have brought them to you. If you have heard of them, go look at them again and bring them into your application. Learn from this episode. Linda, thank you so much for being a part of this. Folks out there, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Untether.tv.